It's a far flight, California and Italy. Yeah, that huh? that's gonna be a far flight. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like we fly to Calgary first and then to Rome, so it's gonna be kind of a long day. Where's Calgary? It's on the west side, western side of uh, Canada. Hmm. Yeah, Calgary. I didn't even. Yeah, okay, Calgary. There it is. I was like, my spelling is right. Yeah, I actually did not know about Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a bit of a long day. Um, I don't remember how long. Probably like fourteen hours or so. Yeah. Yeah, those travel days are always quite exhausting. Yeah. At least but... you land and you have a whole Sunday to chill. That's really nice. Yeah. Exactly. I'll be going with my girlfriend and we're just going to drug ourselves hard on the plane. (laughs) Take take like some uh, sleeping pills or something? Sleeping pills, melatonin, other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Honestly, it's probably a good idea for such a long flight. Yeah. Yeah, you can knock out a bunch of movies, but then you're going to be dead when you get there. (laughs) No. Yeah, because we land at like 11 or so, and uh, it's a nine-hour time difference. So we definitely need to get some sleep on the way. Yeah. You're going to be in my time zone. That's going to be great. Yeah. It's only worth it if you work for it. It's only worth it if you work for it. I won't stop till they hear me now. I won't stop till I wear the crown. Yeah, I'm going to be trying to trade um, most days if I can. Uh, it just depends on if we're like out and about doing something when the market opens. But yeah, um, she's on board for doing some trading while we're there because then I can, you know, cover dinner, cover pasta, stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's the beauty of day trading right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to try to see if I can catch some trades at the open for like half an hour, maybe an hour or so, and then get out. And yeah, yeah that's what it's all I was, about. I was thinking that same thing of um, like really when you're traveling, being able to really narrow down the time that you trade. Because yeah. Or at least for like me and you, we, we trade, we don't primarily trade pre-market. So we could really narrow it down to like 30 minutes, maybe even 15 minutes. And then, you know, you catch like a little bit of profit and then you, you go on your day, especially if you're traveling or on vacation yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think yeah, that's and... Oh, sorry, go. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say the being in the market has not been rewarding me lately. Um, yeah, yesterday I made 1100 and then went down to negative 600 and then luckily was able to catch a nice move on FRZA back up to 1200 for the day. Today on Hoth, I got myself up 1100 like immediately out of the open. Um, kept trading some other stuff, pretty much stopped trading at that point. Um, and then probably like 20 30 minutes later, I took a trade on. FRZA just got absolutely flushed on, took a trade on AI. Next thing I know, I'm down to 200 on the day and then red. And now I'm back to 980. But again, like same thing as yesterday. So at least I'm finishing well, but um, it'll be good to be in Italy and like 
just get out when I'm green the first time. Yeah, get get green, get going. I just checked out AI. It had a really nice <clears throat> 10 to 11 a.m. front side, but yeah, the open was a little bit hectic. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's trading in Europe has basically made me a pre-market trader because you you basically have lunch and then you're kind of ready to start work or something. You know, yeah. it's like one, 1 p.m. So like, what do you do at 1 p.m.? And then the market opens at 3.30 p.m. So that like, in a way, it would be nice to be like done from one to three, which in America is is seven to nine. So it's yeah. like, I think that's why I become a pre-market trader. It's like- What just, is Eastern time? Yeah, Eastern yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, well, I know that, Italy right now, especially, is um, just packed with tourists. Even already, just early June. Um, so we're going to try to be getting out early in the morning, beat the tourists. Then we'll probably <laughs> go to the gym most days that we're in a major city. Uh, probably get a snack, come back in, just rest, relax for a little bit, and then go back out later. So hopefully that all works out really well. That's what I did last year when I was there, and it worked out great. Yeah, that sounds really solid. That yeah. Yeah. Especially the workout. Nothing like a midday or something like that workout, some sun. Thank God I met a girl at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> imperative. Yeah. No, it's great because we travel together. My family's on the East Coast and she's come with me a couple times and it's nice to like it'd be fine to go to the gym by myself or something like that but it's really nice to not feel weird about it or just know that it's a priority. It's like, yeah, we're definitely going to the gym, like probably close to every day. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. It helps when you have somebody that's on the same mindset. When I did my really long road trip for like six months, I also was mostly with a guy who, who also works out and plays sports. So we were like, okay, every new town we go to, we go get like a day pass at yeah. the gym and we were in a different town basically like every other day. So yeah. we were still hitting like three to four gym workouts a week. Um, and I think, I don't know if I would have survived that road trip if I didn't do that. <laughs> Cause it was like a really good, like, okay, detox sauna session, you know, gets like an yeah. hour of real workout in. It was just like, it was, it was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gave us routine. We're going to be pretty well set. Um, I know a really, really cool gym in Rome. Um, I know of at least one or two decent ones in Florence. I don't know any in Bologna, but it's a major university town. So I don't think we're going to have too much trouble. Um, the only tough part is in the Alps. I know of one little gym. Um, last year when I was there, I'm I'm sure I did it wrong. I just walked in and started using stuff and nobody asked me anything. So um if it works it works yeah and then there's a gym in venice that i went to last year and it's just like the most old school thing ever and typical italians um i'm trying to talk with them in italian i'm like do you do you guys have like a day pass that i can buy something like that and they're like no just pay to pay tomorrow <laughs> i was like i know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's pretty great that's so funny nice. Uh, if you, uh, I was, I was just going to say like in, in some European places, it really feels like people don't want your money. Like, especially in Berlin, yeah. like 
most places are just always closed. And then when you do finally go there, they like only accept cash or they'll be like, ah, no, we don't really have that. Like, it's like, they're not there to make money. That's like the last priority in their, in their head. It's really weird coming from America. Yeah. It's totally weird. It's like, it's like a service they're providing, but it's not the main point isn't to make money. (laughs) It's like, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you guys think about today's, today's market? Yeah, that's a great question. Get back on track. Yeah. <laughs> you want to Definitely go better than, than yesterday's market. Monday, Monday really slayed me and I try to stick around longer mm-hmm. to get back green. I basically traded till noon. And then like, of course, like 30 or like nine, not even like nine minutes later, that next 30 minutes was like a perfect little stretch of trading. Uh, that's what Danny yeah. was talking about with FRZA. Yeah. That was a, I'll even share my screen. That was a nice little move we had on FRZA. That bailed me out. Yeah. And this is when I stopped trading here. And it was like a couple minutes later, we had this. Yeah. This is like, I, yeah. I, this is what I was waiting for the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, one of my other oh, friends man. was down like five grand on the day, then got himself to just down 1000 and then got himself up to like plus a hundred or something like that. Wow. Right yeah, before that move happened. Yeah. And a few minutes later I texted him. I was like, did you, uh, did you keep trading that move? And he was like, no, I'm out. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably the right choice anyways. Yeah. But if you're down 5,000, then you, you get back to like plus a hundred. That's yeah. already such a win. Like, a I was... typical, a typical day for him to both sides is like plus or minus 5,000 plus or so. Yeah. Okay. So Trade one question size, one so. question for you danny since you kind of uh trade similar to me is uh-huh. um wh- at what point um do you start running into like liquidity problems when you try to like buy let's say you <clears> buy <throat> the market and instead of you know your yeah. market the market price is say is like three dollars and fifty cents yeah. you're you're taking all of three dollars and fifty cents now you're starting to fill at 351 yeah. and 352 i'm starting to run into some issues with that now um, I think, I don't know, I could probably say that it has more to do with liquidity in the market in the last couple of weeks than it has to do with my share size. Cause things have been pretty slow the last like two weeks in general. Yeah. Um, but like when I'm, when I'm cranking it up to like 3000, 3,500 or so per order, I'm starting to notice that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was trading, RCRT today and I was trading SEV yesterday. Both of those were like 40 cent stocks. And I was just like in 7,000 shares, out 7,000 shares. So obviously those are much different, much more volume because they're way cheaper. But um, yeah, on like the normal price stocks, like $3 and up, basically I'm starting to notice that with if I'm trying to take like more than 3000 shares, but I think more than anything, it's just because like volume is low across the board right now. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's yeah. Just, just a lack of continuation. Uh, We've been really seeing a lot of moves that just take those extra couple minutes or extra few attempts. And there was we have last few weeks i feel like buying into the first breakout was really good but lately it's been less good buying that initial breakout so i've been kind of yeah weaning off of that a little bit 
Yeah. One, one thing I noticed is like the market has been like getting cold the past, you know, couple past two weeks now. It's been, well, not really cold, but it hasn't been as hot since um, that last rally we got off of GFI and top. Yeah. Um, that seems to be already kind of come and gone with that momentum, that sympathy momentum. And yeah. now we're kind of like in some sort of like a gully of momentum. We don't really know when that next one, next one's going to come. I mean, I thought Hawk looked pretty good just with like that pre-market chart that was holding VWAP coming into the open. And that's one of my picture perfect right. setups is like right at the open, you get that quick dip underneath VWAP. You always buy that first dip and look for that reclaim. And then you, you push to test the high. And I sized up into that one with 3000 shares. I was able to make about, I was able to make about 10 cents on that. And then a couple more scalps, I was able to get over 500 bucks, which was the best day of 2023 so far. And the volume on that candle was over 3 million shares. The volume was so phenomenal and I was ready for more. I was ready for this to, you know, keep coming and the volume to come back in, but it just never came back in for that break of 430. And I thought it looked beautiful. It was coming up off of a dollar for it closed yesterday. It's at $4 today. High volume as a catalyst has previously made a big move. Uh, in the past, so it has it's a low float, so it has a history of making big moves. But yeah, that lack of follow through, like Alex said, was um, was not the best uh, for that That's break. Like you want to see that break at four thirty? Exactly. That's what I'm counting on lately. Um, like I had said, I made eleven hundred right out of the gate on not out of the gate, but at like nine thirty five when it started really pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made that move. And then I've, I think one of the things that I've been doing really well this year is not looking for continuation because it's just not coming. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. So I'm like, and, and one, I made, one thing... made a nice trade time to stop for like at least yeah. a minute. I... Yeah. And one thing I, I want to say, just like as a kind of like a tip for anyone like watching who kind of trades a little bit more scalpy, like I do is, um, when the market is colder like that, you definitely want to um, limit the amount of trades that you take and only take, um, well, obviously you only want to take the best setups. What I find for the best setups for scalpers is waiting for the front side move over the 90 MA and only buying dips, only yeah. dips, not breakouts. You only want to buy breakouts in a hotter market. Yeah, that messed yeah. me up a lot. I'll stop out and then the move actually happens and then I'm like, uh yeah they're nasty that's what i realized i was doing a lot of last year was buying for the breakout taking a paper cut just a ton of paper cuts until i was solidly red on the day and super frustrated yeah i think that sums up yesterday for me uh but yesterday i had the i hit i hit max loss yesterday and it wasn't totally my fault. I mean, it was obviously because I'm the one placing the trades, but my internet died on me. And there's a few times Ooh. I was I I had to use my phone to close the trade. Uh, and then I hit up the internet company and they're like doing maintenance. And basically, yeah, the whole trading day, I just couldn't trade. So then like I had a few big losses and then I couldn't really. And then the internet got more stable again around like 10. Uh a.m. Eastern Standard Time, but there was nothing. I mean, there was absolutely nothing yeah. to trade. So I kept on, you know, staring at the market being like, oh, maybe I can dig out of the hole. 
but I couldn't. So yeah, it was my fault, you know, trading with a bad internet, but uh, getting stuck in bad trade or getting stuck in a trade and then you can't close it. That really screwed me up. I took two back-to-back -back $500 losers because by the time I was able to close it, the whole ticker sold off. Um, I, I literally wrote, wrote like a 15% wave down. Super frustrating. Nasty. But I'm actually surprised. I was able to make back all of my losses and then some today even though it wasn't like amazing conditions. Um, so I'm, I'm green on the week again, but yeah, rough, rough start to the week. I, I hate starting Monday off super red. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I think the one thing that I've done really well this year and um, like right. I was texting with my girlfriend yesterday morning, just about how the morning was going. She was asking about it and I was like, well, kind of frustrated. I was up 1100 and then, down 600 sitting at negative 100 right now um and then i was like i think that one thing that i'm doing really well this year is just understanding this is the type of day that's really not going to have an impact on my year in total so there's yeah. no reason to get all bent out of shape about it either way um yeah. and that definitely that mindset has definitely helped me this year i couldn't agree more that mindset is imperative <clears throat> i uh i i wasn't even really upset about yesterday and today I had no intention of like, I was not in the mindset of like, let me make back my money. And I think even like a year ago, I would have been like, or even like six months ago, like I would have been like very focused on like, got to get back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've been, you know, I was like, if, even if I could just get a few good trades in today and I end the day up a hundred bucks, I was like, that's a nice, you know, better than nothing. Cause it's not a great market. Yeah. So I, I agree. Like if it was a great market and I'm totally trading horrible. Yeah. Maybe I could be a little bit upset, but Hey, like, you, you can't beat yourself up, especially in these conditions. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to make anything better. No. Yeah. 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 What helps with that is that if you have multiple sources of income as well, because you can kind yeah. of mentally accept it and move That's on huge. rather than trying to fight to make like a hundred dollars or $500 or whatever you're trying to shoot for per day. So you can pay your bills and keep on living. But yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you have that secondary source of income, if you have, you know, a job or if you have some other sort of business going on on the side, um, yeah, that'll definitely help you mentally to be able to cope with a slower market and just being like, you know what, I'm going to take my hundred dollars today and I'm going to walk or I'm going to take my hundred dollars lost today and I'm going to walk and come back tomorrow when it's hot and I can push it a little harder. But, you know, today I'm not going to sit until four o'clock uh, when the market closes uh, to try to make my mental goal, which is $500 or $1,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a huge point too, because trading is a major source of my income, but I have four things that I do. Um, the, the other three are all contract work basically, yeah. but um, trading is about half of my income. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice because then you don't have to take money out of your trading account. You don't have like yeah, exactly other weird stresses that go into your trading, uh, paying for rent. Or <laughs> I've been but, thinking about that mm -hmm. a lot lately because I have to pay taxes, quarterly taxes in the next couple of days. And oh, yeah, my checking account can handle it, but I'll be pretty low in there. And so I'm like, do I take out of my trading account? And then, but it's just a mental thing because in TD, they show your running history of like percent gain on the year. And if you take out of the account, it like counts it as a loss for whatever reason. So I'm <laughs> like, I don't, 
I don't want to do that. And just, it's stupid. It just, it messes up the stats. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I feel the same way. I've had moments where I take money out. Let's say like, I don't know, whatever it is, $10,000 or something. And then there's like this yeah. huge dip in my running PL. And then, yeah. and I'm like, I got to get back to like break even, which is <laughs> so, so stupid. But I, yeah, I, I can totally relate. <laughs> yeah. Just that sharp drop. <laughs> yeah, it looks horrible. They should get rid of that. I mean, I mean, it's a nice chart, but like, it definitely messes me up psychologically. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they yeah. really, they really should fix that because, like, it shouldn't count as a loss. Yeah. Anyway, why do you, um, why do you pay quarterly taxes? Are you required to in your state or something? I'm self-employed, um, and I have been for five years, so I don't actually know if I'm required to, but it's better than, uh, I don't have any W2s. I don't have any withheld taxes. So it's better than paying like whatever huge lump sum at the end of the year. I think that's, I think the only it, I was, I think it I was just thinking the money. benefit of what, of not doing it is if you can kind of save that percentage into a savings account earning like interest. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely fair. Right. I haven't looked too much into that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Through the year, I'm contributing to a SEP IRA. So I have a Roth IRA and I have a SEP IRA. If I don't know uh, if you guys are familiar, this, Alex, that, you might be. Huh? The SEP? No. Yeah. It's, a, it's a self-employed pension, which is basically you contribute to it and it reduces your taxes because it counts against your profit. But it's the mm -hmm. same thing as an IRA, basically. Like you can't take out of it till you're retired. Mm, I didn't make, you can have both. I'll have to look into this. Yeah. Is it, how does it, is it grow tax free or do you have to pay taxes when you take it out? Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that it grows tax free because you've already paid taxes on the money that go money that goes into it. Okay. Um, oh. yeah, they, they're not going to double tax you on it, but there's, I don't think there's no con contribution limit. Uh, but it is substantially higher than a Roth because the Roth, I think, I think now you can contribute 6,000 a year with a SEP. It's yeah. like, like 60,000 or something like that. Can you day trade that. in it? <laughs> um, I don't think so. But now with my regular trading account, having grown substantially this year and thinking about paying taxes next week, uh, I'm really thinking about starting to trade in my Roth because yeah, I trade yeah. with my TD account. Um, you can have multiple accounts with TD linked to your DOS platform. So I could just trade in my Roth IRA through yes. DOS, just like normal. Switch it right over. Just, what, what's the acronym for that? Or is it an acronym or is SEPT SEPT or something? SEP. SEP okay. IRA. SEP IRA. Write it down so I could not forget and look it up later. <clears throat> yeah. I, I also just looked it up and it, you have to. So I actually got a fine for this once. I was I was like trying to remember the details behind it. But if you don't pay quarterly taxes and you're self-employed, you will get a fine. Uh, oh, and yeah. I didn't do it for a few years. And then I was like, why am I getting these fines? And I called the yeah. IRA. And uh, so, but only if you're making over a thousand dollars, which right yeah very little grace period so i think yeah. the first year is probably fine but if you do it again right because you have to base the quarterly taxes on what you think you're going to pay and you typically use what you did based on last year, year. right yeah. so 
you have to pay at least like 90% of what you paid last year throughout the year. Yeah. And there's deadlines. It's like June 15th. Um, it's each quarter. And then if you miss the deadline, you get a fine, something like that. Yeah. I don't know what the fine is. I don't think it's huge, but. No, it was, it was like 150 or something like that. Yeah. But it but might still be inconvenient. like, yeah, it's annoying. And then second of all, I think it might even get worse if you like constantly are a fender, but I, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, probably it's the government. They're just trying to nickel and dime you as much as they can while billionaires are paying no taxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we could, we, we probably don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll work. Yeah. I so I, so I guess ideally if you're, if you're at a level of trading where, I mean, obviously like a successful trader, you can make six figs in a year. Ideally, you'd want to break it up to where the first few months or so you you can make enough to sustain you for the year and maybe a little bit more for whatever you want to use it on. And then the rest, let's say six, five or six months of the year, you can just solely trade in your Roth. Is that how you would do it? That's that's probably, well, that's kind of what I do. I trade primarily my Roth IRA. Um and my goal is just to get my Roth IRA to like a million and then, you know, start making investments, more and more investments in it. Yeah. And then if you think about it, if you want to take out hundred K early at any time from your Roth IRA, you already grew it from basically six or $12,000, depending on your contribution to a million dollars tax-free. So if you take out that hundred thousand dollars, yeah, you'll pay your income tax on that plus a 10% penalty. But that's only that extra ten thousand dollars you're paying. You still grew it from you know yeah. six thousand to a million tax free. So yeah. the way I look at it is, I don't have any problem t- paying that ten percent penalty because you know when you have that massive amount right. of money in there, you know even if you just put all of it in like I don't know the S and P five hundred and it goes up ten percent, you're you know doing a good job. So paying those, and it's still better than paying normal taxes on it yeah imagine growing an account from six thousand to a million dollars you'd be paying over five hundred thousand dollars in taxes yeah something like that um yeah i think that i've contributed something like eighteen thousand to my roth over the last couple of years i think that i got it to like twenty two thousand and then traded a little bit to get it over pdt and or no, I've probably contributed twenty four thousand to it, but I've made I've grown it from twenty four to like forty or forty one now, and I'm just kind of like I'm not focused on it. I'm just kind of slowly growing it, but um, I probably should start trading on it at this point. Like you were saying, I think it makes a lot of sense to trade in a normal account to just like have cash available if you need it, and then yeah, once you've kind of made some decent gains in there. Um, cause I think you can contrib- you can withdraw from Roth with no penalties for like a first time home purchase and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, first time home purchase, but it's only, it, I forgot the cap. It's not that much money. Yeah. And then you can obviously take out all your principal. So I've almost removed all my principal from my Roth IRA. Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting thought. So and then the other difference is, out... oh, sorry. You, oh yeah. I was just going to say the, the other differences are there's no leverage and you can't short yeah. In an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you need the 25,000 for the instant settlement, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just to be over PDT for yeah. having it as a margin account. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's really good info. Yeah. That's what Ross does. He, I think, almost entirely is trading in his Roth. 
yeah, at his level, it's just like he can trade probably like one month and then he's good for the rest of the year. And then he can just trade in his Roth and have tax free millions. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I think that, I think that most of the like 12 million he's made was in his Roth. So that's pretty <laughs> yeah, that's, sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, and then with that, you could even convert it to like a self-directed and you could still buy houses, buy crypto. You could still technically do whatever you want with that money. Uh, yeah, it's cool. You could do a lot of stuff with Roth IRAs. Yeah. The funny thing is they don't teach you any of this in school. I know it's crazy. Financial education is lacking in most people, which is, which stinks because I mean, I didn't learn any of this in school. I didn't even know how I didn't either. day trading was the thing and school. They don't really teach anything about that. They don't teach about Roth IRA or like retirement. So most people are going through life without a retirement uh, fund. Yeah. And I'm someone who, who works for the banks and I can see everyone's account. And most people, believe it or not, most yeah. people are uh, late on their loans. They're delinquent. They have high credit card debt, high personal loans <clears> uh, <throat> with high interest rates. And it's, it's really a mess. And I feel bad for some of these people when they have no idea um, that they could have stopped themselves from getting in that situation. They just were just not knowledgeable about finances and yeah. they got the quick cash loan for 5,000 so they can pay for their rent, but now they're paying 25% interest every year. And it's, <laughs> it's a mess. Wow, yeah, there's all of that. There's like, you get a credit card with a $30,000 limit and it's like, great, that's my money. Yeah. It's like, no, that's you what don't they have think. that money. That's what they think. Yeah. And it's totally. like, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. The financial but, literacy that I've learned through day trading three and a half years later is incredible. It's like, it's super interesting for one. I studied biology and I loved that, but I now I'm definitely like, I could see some interest in finance too. Yeah. It's, it's so important and there's so much to learn. Yeah. I, I really, I'm a firm believer that you do, you don't really need to make a lot of money to be well off. As long as you're yeah. financially literate, you can with 50,000 a year, you can be well off. You can live in a house. You can probably, have a family if you're able to financially budget, allocate your money and put it in the right accounts at the right times and and maximize your, you know, your tax deductions and uh, depositing into, you know, the Roth IRA is a great idea or, you know, college fund 529. And if you're able to budget, I think you're able to do that with, um, let's say, if you and your wife is both working and making 50000 a year, I think that is perfectly doable. Um, it's just that most people are, don't, aren't able to budget and they just spend a lot of money on McDonald's and yeah. going out and getting expensive dinners when they're really not able to afford it. And the inflation just makes it even worse as well. Yeah. I think I did the math a few years ago. If you're saving a thousand dollars a month into a market account in like 20 or 30 years, it's over a million dollars. It's crazy, huh? Just yeah. Default doing nothing ex uh nothing fancy. But you said you said with the Roth putting in six thousand a year. Um, if you're saving a thousand dollars a month into just like a market-based account, like you know, seven yeah. percent per year. Um, or something. Yeah, that's what it'll 
end up. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I did with the calculation on the Roth as well. If you start doing it at like 20, even as late as like 23 or 24, if you do 6,000 a year, yeah. if you're able to do 6,000 a year, which is only $500 a month, I mean, yeah. it is still a lot of money. $500 is still a lot of money if you're working hourly or if you don't have like a high paying job. But I think if you budget, you're able to do it. I was able to do it. I was living on my own and I was making like 500 a week and I was able to siphon out $500 a month uh, to put away into my retirement. And I was able to do that calculation 6,000 a year, uh, 6,000 a year for until you're 59 and a half. When you can take it out, you're at, I think $1.4 million tax free. Yeah. And if you can do that, put away $500 a month. And I think you can, if you're making like 40, 50,000 a year at the app, you know, the average salary for a person living in America, I think you are able to put away 500 a month uh, if you're able to budget correctly. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely right. Do you guys keep a budget? Oh my God. Yeah. Every, every single dollar, every single cent that leaves my account, I am putting it in an Excel spreadsheet and, and documenting it. Me too. I have never yeah. kept a budget. That's interesting. I keep a budget uh, as well, but quickly I could, uh, Here's the total outstanding credit card balance from 1999 to present. So the U.S. is really just racking up a, uh, the individuals, citizens yeah. racking up a big credit card. So it's to go with with what Tom was saying earlier. Uh, you know, you're calling these people, you deal with support, and you see their accounts. It's kind of interesting that there's a maybe a correlation. You could probably identify, it, yeah, frequencies and yeah, yeah. People are are. Uh, loaded to the teeth right now in debt. Yeah. Yeah. Most people have the problem of uh spending money uh too much and being too uh um like loose with it. For me on the other hand, I'm like the opposite. I get like I get anxiety every single dollar that I spend because I was so broke for like ever since like the past year. So yeah like I, I, every single dollar I'm like, I'm like anxious to spend. I don't spend any money on myself, only the necessities. And that's just how I lived for the first like few years on my own. And it was like really like eye opening Cause like that does not, that didn't change when I started to make money trading. And I was actually starting to make like 5,000 a month through trading and my day job and have a little money to spend. And like, I still wouldn't allow myself to spend money on myself. And I was kind of interested about that that mindset that never really changed. And, um, it's the fact that, you know, at a certain point it is okay to enjoy your money a little bit when you start to make a little extra, but you know, if you're in the trenches and you're trying to make ends meet, you definitely need to make sure that, um, you're only spending on the money that the money on things that are important as of right now. And that, you know, things will change in the future and you'll be able to, you know, be a little bit looser in the future, but you can't be loose to try to live a certain lifestyle when uh, yeah. the means aren't there. I agree with that. When I first moved out to California eight years ago now, um, I was like pretty much broke and I was paycheck to paycheck with no wiggle room. And um, I got a full-time job and had saved up to about 25,000 in my account. Um through the two years that I was there and it became a really kind of not a good situation anymore. It, just, it was really clear that it was time to move on. Um, 
And so I started doing other stuff on my own and over like the next six or eight months or so that 25,000 got down to like 5,000. And, um, so it wasn't really until probably like two years ago when I started making good money in the market that that mindset changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm still very conscious of where I spend my money, but I'm much more, I'm much less rigid with it now yeah uh yeah. and it's it's really interesting to think about too because like we'll go out to dinner and it'll be like a 100 bucks or something like that or a little bit more and it's like that's kind of expensive but then <laughs> I think about it in terms of trading and like i can take a 600 loss and it means nothing and yeah it, you definitely there's some major compartmentalization that has to happen, I think, between like real life money and trading money. Yeah. Yeah. You also need the 25K minimum just to trade. And so you can't go below that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how we do think about that. Like you can take a $500 loss, well, at least for you, $500 loss is nothing. Well, I can yeah. take a $100 loss and I'll be like, all right, whatever, small red day, let's move on to the next day. But yeah, you can spend like a hundred dollars on a dinner and be like, oh crap, I just I just I broke know. the bank tonight. <laughs> My girlfriend and I are traumatized in New York City. We were, I mean, it was everything yeah. was so expensive. When we got there, my friend was like, Oh, I booked us like a, you know, just like a normal local restaurant when we landed. <laughs> and our bill for four people like was like almost four hundred dollars, you know, and like yeah. we didn't even buy anything crazy I, I didn't even have a drink <laughs> i just had That's water what i was gonna ask did anybody have oh like one or two drinks uh my friend had like a cocktail it was like 25 dollars, and then there was yeah. like a, you know like everything is just so expensive like the yeah. sides were like already 20 something dollars just like for like a little yeah. bowl of hummus like nothing made sense there and then like coming from berlin like where everything is like it feels like it's for free compared to new york city yeah. uh so that that really threw me off but yeah you want to you want to live very frugal because trading is just like any other self-employed job. Sometimes it's cyclical. You go through a year where there's maybe no action, so you always want a mm-hmm. nice buffer. But I also totally agree with what Danny says. Like at one point, you need to like live your life, and it's fine to spend money. Like if there's something you really like or adds value, I think it's worth it. And you also don't want to get in the mindset of like picking up um, what's it called, tripping over dollars to pick up pennies. That can be very dangerous and you can miss the bigger picture but net you want to live frugal and always make sure you you have a big buffer that'll allow you to make much better long-term decisions yeah yeah exactly when you're not up against the tight ropes you can kind of you have more wiggle room more breathing room yeah yeah my friend said something really interesting once he i think i even shared it on this podcast i was like I was like, man, you know, I've like, let's say a hundred K sitting in the bank. I don't know what to do with it. I feel like it's like wasted energy, you know? And he was like saying, he said something really good. He was, he was like that money in the bank, even if it's not earning anything or doing anything that gives you, it's like a powerful weapon that gives you like peace of mind and clarity and is stress-free kind of way to approach things. Like, like, oh, I don't want to work for three years. You can do that. You know, like it just allows you to be very, very calm. And like, that is the power that money in your bank is giving you. Maybe not, it's it's not giving you that 7% or whatever, but it's, it's giving you that peace of mind. And that is a very powerful thing. Yeah. 
So you want to build that nest egg, live frugal for, for a bit. Oh, is that me? What did I just buy? <laughs> I always have so many limit orders out, but just for investment stuff. So it's not like something that's super sketchy, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Man, there's, um, I had a, one of my nicest swing trades recently, uh, <clears throat> on, on unity, just freaking, I was accumulating it. And then during the Apple show yeah. yesterday that just they just ran up because they did a collaboration with their vision pro what do you guys think of those vision pro things it's a good question actually uh, who wants to start i don't have much experience with it i don't know i, I looked at it briefly uh, i looked at like the the release um video like it was maybe like 30 seconds long uh, yeah. like a trailer type of thing I thought it was cool, but then on the other hand, like I'm already like borderline addicted to YouTube and yeah. now Twitter, <laughs> since I downloaded Twitter, since Elon bought it. Um, and I think I'm starting to get a little bit more addicted than I want to be to that. And I feel like if I did get that piece of technology, um, it, it would make it much worse. <laughs> Looks yeah. kind of cool, but it's it's also like thirty five hundred dollars. Not cheap. Um, I think I saw a post on Reddit yesterday about it, and it was like for a family of four for their VR goggles. That's fourteen grand. And I'm like, if I have a family, there's zero chance I'm buying one of those. <laughs> They'll all want it. Yeah, fourteen thousand dollars for these VR goggles that are probably going to break. The one thing that my girlfriend said was like, what if you want to lay down and watch a movie in that thing? You can't really lay down. You have to like sit up upright. Yeah. I don't know if it looks that comfortable. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know. It looks, it looks like sort of comfortable enough, I guess, but I think like you kind of look like an idiot and <laughs> With any of the VR goggles, it's not really their fault. Like they did well enough, I guess, but it could screw up your eyes too. Yeah, that's how I always feel about it. But I'm sure there's, I mean, it looks pretty cool. I definitely would like to try it out. This website is definitely selling it um, based on their visuals. Yeah, it looks cool. Like as a photographer, it would be cool to be able to just like beam up my photos onto the wall and see them all blown up big. Um, and I was reading or listening and it has like each little screen is the same density as like a 4k TV. Yeah. So apparently it's supposed to be super sharp, super crisp, it's supposed to look really nice. But then also like, I don't know, what about the real world? <laughs> <laughs> what about the real world? Yeah. Who knows? It'll be interesting if, if one of us gets it and then we could, we could hear about some real life experiences. Um, but it looks pretty clean. I, I got to say, well, classic Apple, right? Very clean. Yeah. So. <clears throat> we're yeah. still so young. I'm sure there's going to be some crazy shit that's going to, we're going to see in when we're older. Oh yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And freaking NVIDIA and, and Apple are really holding up the, the market, huh? They got the team huh. on their back. Yeah. <laughs> It's so crazy. 
I hope this brings like maybe some more small cap action. I mean, just like these, just like Unity software, where you have this collaboration with a larger company, uh, right? They're working with Apple. Those are some of my some of my favorite catalysts because like you don't know how far that's going to go. Often those are like two, three, four, five hundred percent gappers. So I hope like we'll get a lot of small caps again in some sort of new AI push or some sort of I don't mm-hmm. know virtual reality push. Just like there's always a trend, right? Like uh, during BLM, you had like the yeah the body cams, and there would be like one body cam small cap gapper popping after yeah. another. So DGLY. like DGLY, yeah, exactly DGLY. Yep. So I would I would love for some new trend to pop up. Uh, maybe this will kickstart one. That's usually yeah. really good. That's that's always what I'm looking out for is like, what's the current theme? It seems like right now there is no theme at all. And I think that that's why things have been kind of slow and weak lately. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. a big problem. And I kind of feel like everything's a bit extended. Like uh, if you look at here, I'll share my screen again. If you look at, let's say the SPY, we're in a major, major, major supply zone right now um, after like a very slow uh, grind for the last, what, three months or so. And now we're just hitting this massive former double top supply zone, which was a huge support zone for a really, really long time. So, you know, clearly tons of resistance here. And then you go to something like the uh, Russell, we have that nice support coming in a bit of a rounded bottom. Um, But also I thought this 180 SMA was just going to slam us down again, but you know, we're, we're slowly kind of grinding back up. So hopefully the Russell keeps grinding up. I feel like a nice clean grind on the Russell usually gives us um, amazing frontside uh, small cap action. Like nothing, it doesn't have to be like big daily percent winners, but like, you know, this was 2020. Look at this. It was just like yeah. a perfect grind up. That was like the best small cap trading we've pretty much ever had. So yeah. Oh my God. That was, that was insane. Like I I was not ready for it. Cause I just started and well, I started in 2015, but I blew up my account and then I was like, you know what? Screw this. This isn't real. And then come back at 2020 with all the hype. And I was not skilled uh, to be trading. So I pretty much, missed a great opportunity um to perform in that 2020 market and i wish i i wish i was like if that could happen right now i would be so ready it would be like (laughs) the picture perfect like pitch every single day and like i've been bad i've been at batting practice every day for three years i'm ready to hit some homers and every every single day would just be a beautiful gapper multiple beautiful gappers for a whole year straight uh and i was just I think about that all the time same same but uh now you know after going through that i was like you know what you know i'll miss this one but you know i'm definitely ready no matter how long it takes for the next one i'm going to be ready whatever it takes five years from now ten years from now it'll come yeah. and there's always like those even on a slow market there's always that like one or two months where it goes really really nice and you can make like 80 yeah. percent of the income that month um, yeah, just most most days are just going to be a little bit grinder days, you know, get green, get going, which also isn't bad. Like I, I actually enjoy that sometimes. Like there's sometimes some days where I just wrap up pre-market. I made my thousand or something and it's like, nice, I can kind of do whatever I want. And that's a great time to build other businesses, build other projects. Right. Um, because, you know, during 2020, like you got, you had to be basically trading all day. Because <laughs> I mean, you could, you could, and that's how you could walk away with a lot of money. 
the opportunities were there. So it's, it's kind of nice, this little downtime. It's always important to remember, like not to wear yourself out um, when, you know, things are crazy. And, and that's the biggest thing, I think. Other, yeah. Income streams. Yeah. There's a lot of variables when it comes for sure. There's a lot of variables when it comes to day trading more than, than you think the more you get into it, the more experience you get, the longer you're in the industry, the more variables that you didn't think were there that you can tweak to make yourself uh, you know, better trader or streamline your trading process or streamline um, other businesses, you know, saving time um, and maximizing that window of time where you're the most optimal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there's always uh, that fine tuning, right? That constant fine tuning never ends. Yeah, and that's what keeps yeah. it so exciting. You know, it's like a day in the water, you know, just like surfing. Yeah, exactly. It's, always, it's never the same, right? So you're always just trying to get a little bit better. Uh, and and also practice like a, a side strategy. Like I'm always trying to like think, okay, let's say I get my account to a million dollars. Then what am I going to do? Because at that point, it might be better to you know more profitable other strategies um, that you can trade with bigger accounts. Right. um, I'm really practicing like trend following and just like how to accumulate a certain move and just keep riding it as long as possible, which is pretty much one of the best strategies out there um, based on all the, all the analytics on all different trading strategies. Um, because you could really side, like, basically you find something like NVIDIA, you realize, okay, this is, you know, macro trend, micro trend, and it's on a strong uh, chart, uh, just holding above, I don't know, whatever, let's say like the 15 minute EMA or something like that, or 15 EMA on the daily. And then you just hold it and, you know, ride it. Um, it's obviously much harder <laughs> than that, right? It's, it's not always mm-hmm. that simple, but that's always what I'm practicing on the side. So hopefully like in a few years, once I have, you know, that, that million dollars in not Roth IRA or something like that, I can start using, allocating that money more efficiently because, you know, day trading small caps, you're, you're never really going to get a size bigger than like $200,000 maybe. Uh, if you're, you know, doing what we're doing specifically, you know, on the one minute time frame, trading really quickly yeah. in and out. Sure. If you're holding these for multi-day runners, you could build a $2 million position or something like that. Um, so that's also an option, you know, multi-day swinging top gainers. I know. I mean, there's, there's traders that do it, right? It's yeah. such a different strategy. It's so different. It's crazy. It, it seems like it's more a macro strategy than it's got to be the right market that they do that, that they yeah. accumulate off the lows. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> or it's like a super hot market where you just, you know, buy tickers that hold their high and you basically get ready for that next, next leg up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's also right a lot now, of risk. The market, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can wake up to an offering, and you could be down fifty percent. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> not interested in. It's a it's a total different trading style. Yeah, and that's why I'm like doing it with like a small amount of money on the side, just to tr- like over the years, hopefully build build something. Because it's definitely not something you want to do with a big account and then start yeah. learning from there. Um. But yeah, that's a very low priority on my overall priority list without a question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts going forward uh, for the for the trading week and, and uh, maybe month, new month here? Trade less, just avoid all this BS. 
it's just like nothing is worth getting super wrapped up in right now at all. And especially since I'm going to be gone for three weeks, my focus right now isn't maximizing profits. It's just basically go sideways, make a little money, whatever, get through the summer. Summer's typically not that hot. And so yeah. far, we're not really seeing anything that's telling us that's not going to be the case. So just trying to keep that in mind, keep all that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. You, Tom? Yeah. So for me, um, kind of just keeping, keep doing what I've been doing. I'm actually on like a 22, 23 day green streak right now. Um, nice. So I'm doing, I'm doing very phenomenal. I don't want to talk about it too much because usually then it gives me bad juju. So I kind of just like to keep, you know, don't boast about myself. Just, you know, keep like calm, you know, every day is a new day. Um, If I'm still, if I'm on a green streak, doesn't mean I'm going to be green today. Uh, Doesn't mean I'm going to be red today. So it's just every day is kind of, uh, it's not mutually, no, it is mutually exclusive every single day. And I come into the day and what I do is I read the market temperature, the, the market sentiment, and I look at the stocks in play. And do I think that this stock is going to give me a, an A-plus setup today? And if I do, like today, Hoth, I thought was an A-plus setup for me, uh, which my trading style and uh, the great pre-market chart with the low flow has catalyst, high volume. And I stepped up to the plate and on a days like today, it's okay. I'm going to step up to the plate and try to maximize my profit on that single setup. And then I'll look to either walk away or be patient for another setup on some days, like on Monday, it was really slow. And on days like that, um, you know, being able to read that market sentiment or the temperature of the market um, was key to being able to keep it very small size, uh, not really sizing up. Uh, into that market and I was able to walk away small green and be grateful for that. And um, yeah, I, I really like being able, I really like having that skill of being able to like come in and being not attached to my performance and being able to look at the market with fresh eyes and being able to, you know, adjust my share size. Am I going to add higher on these stocks or am I just going to buy the dip? And then take my quick five cents, buy the dip, take a quick five cents on the front side ticker of the day, and then, you know, make my 50 or hundred dollars and then walk away after like maybe 15 or 20 minutes of trading. That's what I did on Monday. Um, and yeah, doing that, I was able to keep a solid 22, 23 day green streak. So I do hope to keep that going, but you know, every day, like I said, is new and it's okay to be small red. I don't need to keep the streak going every single day. It's not, it's mutually exclusive. So that's, that's a good mindset, mindset that I have. Yeah, that's a good mindset. Every day is day one. Doesn't matter what happened the day before. Just yeah, doesn't matter. You're just trying to take a good trade at a time. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that you guys both have been in a really good flow. I've also been getting back into a nice flow. Um, and yeah, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. It's actually funny. I think yeah. we all took basically the same trades on Hoth. I think you guys did much better than me on it today uh specifically in that area but yeah that was a perfect setup i mean we had a nice five minute breakout we got those pullbacks and then it just ripped higher it was like a almost a 27 percent move yeah it was a 20 yeah that was that was really it um that was a really nice move there there were a ton of sellers on it that once they started to get pushed out of the way it really started moving yep 
Yeah, that was beautiful. And that was the same thing on FRZA yesterday too. It seems like there's a lot of sellers on a lot of things, but when the stock keeps holding up, um, eventually they get out of the way. It took FRZA and even UCAR last week. It's it's taking like five tries or so. Yeah, it's more of a grind. Yeah, paying attention to those stocks that are just not dying, I think is really important. That's, I totally agree. Yeah, because eventually, you know, they do something like this where they kind of start holding and yeah. then yeah. the volume is there. Yeah. And then they start ripping. And that's where you can make all your money in that 30 minutes or however long it is. Yeah. Yeah. You only need like one or two good trades on that. Yeah. That's almost how it always is. When I look at my trades, I'm like, wow, it was really like these two trades or something like that, that made my whole entire day. Everything else was just kind of like scratching around. That's exactly what I think about like all the time lately. I'm like, is it worth my time to sit here and trade this for like one to five cents? Or probably it makes more sense to just wait for something else to like actually have a move. For sure. Absolutely. So since we're missing uh, a fourth person and we didn't get to hear like another perspective today, it's probably fine that we call it early, but maybe someone else you guys have, is there anything you guys like want to share anything on your guys' mind? We did talk about game plans already, but. Nothing on my mind at all. <laughs> yeah. Nothing going on. <laughs> just just blank in there I, i'm just gonna say just you just gotta be grateful for it agreeing no matter the amount yeah. and i think that that sort of energy that sort of mindset uh yeah gets you more green i think that you get bigger days when you're thinking like that and um you get on a hot streak that builds confidence and the more you're grateful then i i think that's just a very good attractive energy to kind of uh, in, when you're in trading, I, I just think that the market responds well to that sort of energy and that mindset yeah. looking at, at that market. Cause it really, the market is really like a gift. Um, and you kind of, it likes, it likes to give to the people who, um, are optimistic, are able to, you know, and be grateful for even just the small green days that they have and the market's not that hot. You know, the people who are trying to push too hard, um, and demand money from the markets, they fall flat on their face eventually is yeah. when the market cools down. So I think That's being grateful fair. is is probably the best thing that you could do uh, for any any trader, beginner, intermediate, advanced. We're all trying to be great uh, trying to be <clears throat> grateful for the green days that we have. Yeah. Market takes from those who who want to make money from the market too. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it's messed up. So it's sort of reverse sure. psychology. <laughs> it is. I mean, that was my yeah. mindset today. I was just like, you know what? I yesterday was a big red day. That's fine. It's not a great market. If I could just do a few good trades today, I'll be happy. And then boom, I just yeah. made more than yesterday's losses. So yeah, that's the thing. I think that that's key. Is like, don't expect to make money. Do your best to make good trades. And yeah. if they're good trades, more than likely they'll come with money. Yeah, it's a byproduct. Exactly. Yeah. Of the good trades. Yeah. The the making money is like a side effect of taking good trades. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll keep our eyes out for, for that next trend. And in the meantime, we'll yeah. just be grateful for, for what we can get away with. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Sounds All right. good. Take, take it easy guys. All See right, everyone. Guys. Ciao, ciao. See you next time.